Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create and grow income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Are you tired of trading your time for money? Do you desire freedom today instead of retirement in 10, 20, or 30 years? I'm MC Lobsher, and this is the Cashflow Ninja. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobsher here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I've got a great show for you today. And today, show I'm joined by Lear Gantz. Lear is with the Wealth Research Group. Um, on today's episode, if there's one thing that I definitely want you to check out, is go to wealthresearchgroup.com forward slash virus because we're going to jump into a lot of stuff. Um, we're in a little bit of a chaotic environment, global environment, if you want to put it that way. Um, and usually, when markets are melting, uh, there's some chaos outside there. You know, Lior comes onto the show to help us make sense of all this chaos. Lior, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. Uh, it's it's wild times. Absolutely wild times. Yeah, so let's tackle this, the well, the gigantic elephant in the room. Um, although this is an invisible one, the coronavirus. What is going on there? What are some of the things, I mean, you're reading hundreds of articles a day on this, studying this, looking at this from all different angles. What are some of the things that you can share regarding this with our listeners? Yeah, 100%. Look, and like you said, if you go to wealthresearchgroup.com forward slash virus, that's an A to Z on everything. How to prepare your kids for this, what to do, what to, uh, what to do personally with your portfolio, what I do personally myself. And obviously, that's the only thing we cover right now on the on the free financial newsletter at wealthresearchgroup.com. Like, Literally, this is all we've been doing, and we've been running with this for a month now. And it, it, it's look, here's what's happening there's the virus, there's how authorities are handling the virus, and there's how the free markets are reacting to the virus. It's three different things. And you have people from the maximalists that are saying, Look, this is the infectiousness. In other words, the, the way it spreads, it's so quick, so rapid. Um, unlike any other of these crazy viruses that we've had in the past 100 years, it, this it goes, it, it, it's really easy to spread. And then the mortality rates are very low, right? They came from China like 2%, etc. Now in, in Italy, it's 5%. So you don't know where it is. That's the first thing about the virus. The, it, it, the information is still gathered. Why is it attacking older people? Is, does it have anything to do with the pollution in China? Um, you know, what originated it? How come China has recovered so quickly? There's so many questions and we probably won't know the answer for years um, on many of these questions. And that's sort of the uh, uncertainty that's up in the air and causing different reactions. You got the president, uh, you know, Trump yesterday tweeting, look, the seasonal flu kills 30,000 people. This has killed 20, 30 people in the U.S. You know, think about that. Relax. Uh, you know, let's calm, let, let's think this through. Um, and then you have the maximalists who are saying, like these uh, epidemiologists who are saying, look, this is infectious and this is uh, lethal at 5%. And it can, uh, you know, uh, infect, let's say, 30% of the world's population. You're talking about millions of deaths, right? So you got like both cases and you don't know um, as an individual, where do you fit into this? But obviously what we do know by now is um, older people with weaker immune systems do tend to uh, get the harsher cases. And, you know, eating well, sleeping well, 
and uh, washing your hands prevents like 80% of the problem uh, for yourself. And now if you're, you know, if, if you look at the risk, risk it, you can go into these, you know, gatherings, etc. but they're being canceled all over the place. Airlines that are absolutely, you know, getting battered by this, uh, hotels, uh, resorts, the cruise ships, uh, this is going to impact entire industries because, um, as you know, MC, the the uh, the leverage is what kills industries. Leverage is what uh, makes um, uh, uh, companies go down. Now, in the 21st century, in, the, in 2020, you have so much money that is available at zero cost that even these companies that are highly leveraged have a potential survival rate here. So this is unlike anything we've ever seen. The, the entire treasury yield curve is under 1%. Just to, to give people an understanding of this, if you borrow uh, money for 30 years for a mortgage, you get it at 1% now. You can lock it in 1%. Um, the amount of stimuli that can come off of the rebound of this is absolutely unbelievable. And therefore, the, the uh, you know, uh, traders are going from, from there's the end of the world to, my God, this is uh, going to cause so much inflation on the other side of it when everything rebounds and they just don't know where, uh, where they are. Are they maximalists? Are they millionists? Are they in the middle? So then you have the authorities. There I have a couple of things that are going to shock you, but I, I believe that, um, you know, politically speaking, the Democrats are looking at this disaster as um, not from the human tragedy side, but from the markets, from, from the financial side. They look at this as an opportunity for them. Donald Trump has ran on the economy. It doesn't matter if he caused the, you know, whoever caused the, the virus. It, does, it doesn't matter to the average voter. The average voter looks at his bank account, looks at his job, security, etc. It looks at his lifestyle. So that's one thing. Um, and the second thing are these rallies. Rallies are where Trump you know, really gets the voters going and, and the debates. Those are all going to be canceled because of uh, what's going on, because you can't have gatherings, you can't have people going to ballots, licking envelopes, etc. Uh, there's even talks about postponing the election. So this, this could be big, right? Um, and there's, there's, there's the theory that in the summer, when temperatures rise, it, it will probably die of itself. And then there's epidemiologists are saying, look, it, this is not vanishing. This is going to be with us. We're going to have a vaccine in two years, and um, this is going to be like the flu. Uh, there's going to be the corona flu. So, again, it's all up in the air. And so what uh, does an individual do with all of this information? He has to discern many things. One thing is that the media is very much geared and designed to act against President Trump. When you, it, it, and, and look, I'm not a Republican, not a Democrat, I'm not even an American, right? I don't vote. I look at this from the outside and try to judge what's happening. The 1% grow their business and investments every year, regardless of the economy and marketplace, and pay very little or no taxes legally. Besides having the right mindset, elite strategies and tactics, and the council of elite wealth advisors, coaches, and mentors, they have access to opportunities that the rest of the population do not. If you're an accredited investor, we have a network that provides Cashflow Ninja listeners access to exclusive business and investment opportunities. 
To join our investors network, please apply at CashflowNinjaInvestorsNetwork.com. That's CashflowNinjaInvestorsNetwork.com. The one thing that's amazing is that um, the polls are already tilting towards uh, Biden and the Democrats. And the reason is that what Trump is trying to do is very unique. He doesn't want to bail out companies, industries. He doesn't want to be the mommy of the, the mother goose. He doesn't want to come in and say and, and assure everyone, MC, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. We're going to blanket everyone with paper money. We're going to helicopter all over. It's not what he wants. Um, and if you saw the 2008 movie, uh, the documentary, Bush said, I didn't want to give anybody a bailout, certainly not Wall Street. When Geithner, Bernanke, and Paulson came into my office and laid out what can happen if I don't uh, bail out these companies, the GM will have to fire 20,000 people and blah, blah, blah. He caved. He folded. Bush folded. He was a yeah. Republican, a Texan, but he folded. He saw the, the worst case scenario and he said, this might happen in, actual, in actuality. And he folded. Trump is looking at this from, okay, get all these banking CEOs here, let's look at their financials. Get all the pharmaceuticals companies, let's look at their uh, solutions. Let's, get, let's, get, let's plan this to, um, to learn a lesson, a capitalistic lesson from this, and not a taxpayer bailout lesson from this. And this is what I think the markets don't want. They just want you know, uh, an injection of trillions of dollars, but they're not gonna get it. Uh, in my opinion, and I think in the end, they'll love it even more. They'll love the fact that CEOs were able to come a, uh, together and be creative. They'll love that, uh, that there was a bipartisan solution to this. They'll love everything, but they'll get delayed. Um, I think what Trump is trying to do, and, and we'll see in 10 days, but I think what he's trying to do is delay any big announcement before the Fed meets on the 17th and cuts rates altogether. Because that's his dream, right? He wants that zero rate. And then he'll refinance the entire national debt at zero rate for 50 or 100 years. That's what he really wants. And then you can do the fiscal stimuli and you know, uh, ensure, um, uh, uh, do the tax, the payroll tax cuts, ensure all these workers that are going to get a paid leave or an unpaid leave, um, work with all of these industries to help them, um, you know, uh, aid them through the process. But I think he's delaying and... We, we shall see about this, but my theory is that he's, he, there's the personal side of Trump and then there's the presidential side of Trump. The presidential side is saying, I want the Fed to cut rates to zero and then I'll come in. And the personal side says, look, I was a billionaire. I went to one billion in the hole. Personally, I was, uh, you know, the famous quote where he's walking in, in Fifth Avenue, sees the homeless guy and says, this guy's richer than me by $1 billion right now. Right. Um, and then, you know, he restructures all the debt and, and comes out on top and he owns some of the best real estate in the world. So he's a capitalist and his personal side is like, don't be a whiner in, in talking to like the, the American people. Don't be whiners. Let's pull through this um, with capitalism and not with, uh, socialism and, and with these uh, taxpayer bail because this is what they are. It's just taxpayer funded bailouts that they're going to enslave the children. Um, it doesn't yeah. matter how. It doesn't matter if it ends up being a huge write-off 20 years from now that is going to kill the, borrower, the, the lenders. It doesn't matter. It's, it's not 
funny money. The fact that, the, that this is, doesn't have an expiry date tomorrow doesn't mean that it doesn't have an expiry date at all. So um, that's what I think is happening right now. And man, it's big. I, I know I, I went on a little bit, but it, it's just absolutely insane. Yeah. 2020 has not been boring at all so far, right? Um, if you, I love if it you remember, it's, it started with Qasem Soleimani. They're like, World War III is coming and, and uh, uh, because right. the Iranian, yeah, it's, it's been on and on and on and on. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's quite incredible. I love it how you broke down the buckets, the virus, reacting to the virus by markets or, or rather by governments, and then also the market's reaction to it. You know, the virus itself, and that's why, you know, it, it's it's for me, and I think for a lot of folks in the States, to your point, there's maximalists and minimalists, as you were saying, you know, you watch certain news sources and the world is basically coming to an end. It's done. It's over. And then you watch other sources and it's like, yeah, it's going to be like the flu in a couple of years. You know, I'm going to see, hey, Lior, how you been? And you're going to be like, ah, oh, the coronavirus, right? I said, just get drink some water and get some rest and you'll be better. So there's so much information out there and it's like how to look at like what is actually happening and what what the, what this is and how bad it is or do we need to be super alerted, you know, super alerted or is it something that is going to go away? That's the first the first uh, observation and then the second observation that I had was wasn't the Zika virus around in 2016? Was that an election year? It's kind of interesting. Interesting how these things <laughs> come and go every 4 years, right? But yeah. to your point, so the virus itself a couple of th- a couple of things on that um, is uh, what? How does what are some of the projections on this? Where does this end? Because it's obviously in the United States already. You'd mentioned that a lot of things are being canceled here in my area. Um, you know, swim lessons and schools and all this kind of stuff is canceled already. Okay, um, and there might be school closures too. So it's really starting to, I would say, um, touch a lot of folks around the United States. Yeah, no, 100%. Look, the, the United States is a huge country. It has many airports, many seaports. Uh, uh, people are coming and going. It, it's not like uh, where I'm currently at, where we where there's one international airport. You can literally uh, know where every person that comes in, where where has he been? And you can uh, or, uh, mandate him to, to do a self-quarantine. So it's yeah. smaller countries with uh, a more centralized uh, environment in terms of like uh, less entry and, and, and uh, uh, points to the country and a very disciplined population are probably going to uh, be affected much worse. I think what Italy is doing is a stunt. Uh, they're, they, they're, they're after the bailout money. So they're looking for the IMF or the World Bank to come in, give them the, the, a big package, and then the politicians will rape the, the population. It's a very corrupt country, um, and it's a touristic country. So, you know, yeah, yeah, what they're thinking is we'll quarantine everyone here in, in March so we can open for tourism uh, by the summer if we can. If not, then let's get this uh, billion-dollar package from courtesy of other countries and other taxpayers. So I think that's what it's, uh, Italy is doing because, you know, and, and look, it's an older country. Uh, like their population is older, so, so their mortality rates are larger. But if you speak with Italians that are currently in Italy, uh, some of them will tell you that, look, uh, everyone's uh, is sitting at home and there's no real panic. You know what I mean? Um, right. The average person is not, oh, my God, what's happening? 
My friend Brian Page has created a cash flow machine generating over $100,000 in six months without owning any real estate. His system consists out of renting properties from property owners and renting them out on Airbnb. His system is so simplistic, it can be managed by virtual assistants and yet so effective and powerful that it predictably generates cash flow every month. Brian and I are hosting a webinar where he shares his system and how it generated over $100,000 in six months for him personally. You can access this life-changing webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash BNB. This is one of the greatest cash flow opportunities I've seen since I've started my podcast. Again, the URL is cashflowninja.com forward slash BNB. I think in the United States, you're going to see the democratic states uh, try to induce panic a lot more than the Republican states. So, the, again, putting pressure on Trump, um, trying to delay everything that they can and, and just, you know, drag their feet on everything and make him look bad. Uh, but in my opinion, he's been able to, to beat them at, at everything, just at everything. Right. And I think, he'll, uh, I think he'll win again. Um, if you remember, he did a government shutdown. Do you remember that? It was yeah. a, a one month. So the, he's done very radical things and has gotten uh, away with it and won. Um, I think he'll win again. And um, he has a chance to obviously come out a hero. If you remember the famous Bush picture with him looking down at Katrina from the helicopter or standing on the rubbles of the 9-11 uh, ashes, these are moments for presidents to appear, to look presidential, uh, to be with the cap and the sweatshirt in the war room, etc. So it's a big opportunity for him. I know he knows that. He's already had, uh, uh, you know, the first move he's done is to get the sacrificial lamb. So he's he's got pens running the sh- pens is, is the 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 virus czar, right? So if anything goes bad, it's Mike. He did that. Now let me take over, right? So you know that that's already happening in there, and obviously pens is on board with it. He's got to be, in my opinion. What we're going to see is we're going to see a concentrated effort by the end of March to uh, alleviate most of the problem. Um, you're not going to see a vaccine for 12 to 18 months. If it's a world record, you're going to see a vaccine in 12 to 18 months. So however we do this, it, it has nothing to do with the vaccine. It has more to do with what you need to do on, the, on your daily lives and how do we you know, uh, have an economy functioning with a virus? Uh, that's, it will come down to that. And, and uh, I think in the United States, you have a very good platform in terms of communications. If you run a presidential alert, most people get it um, in the United States. Uh, the, the metropolitan hubs, etc. This is not a third world country, not a second world country. This is the first of the first. And we have to remember... Um, the, the economy was doing fantastic before this. This is not a leveraged, the entire financial system is on derivatives and debt and toxic loans, etc. No, this is not that at all. And I think what needs to happen is in the month of March, there needs to be conclusive direction for the country to go to. That's what everyone needs. And the only problem, MC, is that politicians are divided within themselves and then 
Trump and Jerome Powell are not um, seeing eye to eye. If you remember in 2008, everyone was on the same page. And that's what the country was. Wow. Okay. It's all united. Everyone's united. Like everyone is, is uh, going to the same direction. Like Paulson, Geithner, Bernanke, Bush, they were all saying, you know, let's, let's go, let's do this. Let's go here. And that kind of gave a lot of confidence to the markets. I think that's what the markets are looking for right now. That's what people are looking for right now. What they hate is that, hey, this, this state is uh, declaring a state of emergency and you have Trump saying that this is a seasonal fruit. It, it, there needs to be some uh, uh, unification of uh, information from the authorities, from governors, from uh, the elected officials, and from CEOs of companies. And I, I think the country will be much better when they come out of it. What's very interesting is that China has gotten almost back to full capacity, MC. I'm it's, not kidding. It's pretty impressive to turn it around so quickly. Yes. Just so you, just so you know, Starbucks, for example, has 4,500 locations in China alone, mainland China. They've opened 90% of them back. Now, wow. in the height of it, they closed 80% of their locations. So they're back. They're back selling caffeine. So what China has done is obviously do this in, a, in, in, in an insane way. They've actually had to quarantine 400 million people. That's an, a, you know, a mind-boggling number. But it's crazy. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's more than the entire population in the United States. So it's the population in the United States and Germany together. It's, it's pretty impressive. So um, I think what's going to happen because China is China, they will run factories 24-7. Like literally no workers' rights, no nothing and get back that last quarter of Q1. Uh, like uh, uh, growth in Q2 will probably be like 15%, you know, making up for all of it. Yep. Low oil prices, sure, they're horrible for the oil industry and for the banks. But for the rest of us, my God, low oil prices are a gift. They're a gift for every, every industry would love lower energy prices. Is there any industry that doesn't love lower energy prices from your commute to work to sh you know shipping and and airlines anything uh, all the margins go up if there if energy costs uh, go down um, and obviously uh, I, I don't know if you've seen this but like Exxon Mobil's CEO was like our projects are phenomenal even at thirty dollars uh, um, per barrel. So there are very good, uh, you know, uh, oil companies out there that are profitable, even at ten dollars uh, a barrel. Exxon was profitable in the late '90s. So look, the world is much more agile and much more uh, flexible than uh, a gloom and doom article could make it seem. It's amazing, and I think that uh, if this is not something that I haven't been able to put my finger on, like a. a a major pandemic that's going to hit 50% of the world and hundreds of millions of people stacking up bodies, etc. If this is not that, and it doesn't seem to be that, then I think that uh, this is going to be a wild, wild year. But personally, I haven't sold a single share of anything that I've owned. I've actually been buying. I've been buying throughout this two-week two period. Sure, the indices are down 12 to 15 to 18%. There are individual companies, blue chip companies, that are down 40 and 45% in two, three weeks. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I fail to understand why certain companies, you know, go down by 40, 50%. Now, some people say, hey, the market was so expensive. 
uh, maybe they're not cheap right now. Absolutely. You know, price, if something was overpriced by 4,000% and it's dropped 50%, it's still overpriced by 2,000%, right? But there are blue chip companies, MC, that are uh, trading for a P ratio of six and seven. Uh, a company that has been around for 100 years and uh, if it was a private company, you'd have a 16% yield on it. I mean, these are liquidation prices in some companies, in some industries. And so, look, uh, on, our, on, on our newsletter, we cover, actually, this Thursday. So I don't know when this airs. We're doing this on Tuesday. Uh, this Thursday, I'm going to run on the, uh, in my newsletter uh, on the entire uh, shopping list that I'm creating right now with limit prices, etc., uh, for companies that uh, that uh, are very interesting to me, and we are going to look at both sides of the equation. MC Lobshire, the creator of the Cashflow Ninja and Cashflow Coach at Producers Wealth, where we help our clients integrate infinite banking with their business and investments. To learn how you can create your own banking system to turbocharge your investments and business in 30 days or less, go to yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. Gold has been a phenomenal uh, performer the, uh, during the, uh, these times. You know, we've seen it absolutely uh, not only retain its price, but going up. And just like in 2008, a lot of margin calls have forced people out of gold in order to cover for margin calls. But still, you're talking 1660, 1670. These are seven, eight-year highs for the dollar in, in, in dollar-denominated terms. In other currencies, like 80 other currencies, it's at an all-time high already. Um, and then with lower oil prices, much lower oil prices, the mining companies have a real shot here after all the stimuli comes in to do what they did in 2009, 2011, which is go up by three, four, five, six, seven, a thousand percent. It's doable and it's possible. There's nothing that, uh, that uh, puts a lid on these when your biggest cost, oil, is just dropped by half. Your right. margins are going to go through the roof. Um, it, 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 could you imagine? It, it, it'll be like a, um, like a retailer who's just got its rents slashed in half. Uh, right. Everything it sells is now, you know, making a killer. So this is uh, this is real, and this is how disruptive it is. Uh, uh, it, it, it takes work and research to understand how um, impactful this can be. But I'm telling you, this is this is big. This is big, and it's happening in a time where the economy was actually doing very well. So the snapback could be amazing. Yep, absolutely. Uh, looking at who's making money out of all of this, there's a lot of folks making a lot of money, right? I always try to figure out, well, who's <laughs> who benefits from all of the chaos, right? Besides the governments, you've mentioned uh, a couple of ideas that you had around the Italian situation, and then uh, obviously so, some other governments. What are what are some? Who are some of the other winners? I mean, here's low low hanging fruit that I see that the news networks in the United States are huge winners. Oh. Because they're drawing the a ton of eyeballs. And I mean, the headlines are, besides being misleading, it's very clickbaitish. Uh, just from <laughs> all media, you pick one, it is. Um, so they, they're getting a lot of eyeballs, you know, because people in hazmat suits on TV screens draw eyeballs for advertisers. Uh, who are some of the other winners here? 
Well, if you if you looked at at the uh, the stocks of companies that produce toilet paper and um, um, just convenience stores, they've been going up through the roof. I don't have to tell you uh, which uh, department, uh, which which chain of supermarkets in the U.S. has run out of toilet paper because it's been yep. all over the news, um, and and its stock has has gone you know uh, high. Who's making a profit? There's always going to be uh, companies that handle distress situations, handle crisis situations, and they will profit from it. It's not like profiteering from a war because yeah. it's, um, uh, it's not like uh, these companies are looking to extend this, you know what I mean, and, and, and uh, prolong it. Uh, mm-hmm. They could be making you know, more profits than usual, but that's not their business model. They're not looking for that. Uh, it's not like uh, tank manufacturers who would love to see a 10-year war, you know what I mean? But if you look at who really is profiting from it, it's the Democrats in the United States are really profiting from it because we saw the first polls today that show that the Democrats are favorable to win the 2020 election. So in hindsight, these people are profiting from this, uh, and that's a huge case to be made. Now, uh, the industries that or, or the companies that will be able to consolidate here are the companies that ha- that are not leveraged because they'll be able to buy all of these problematic zombie companies um, that might some of them might have great assets so that's one thing uh, that you'll see and the second thing MC from a more practical perspective for for example the entire banking industry uh, all banking stocks have gone down a lot 30 40 percent I'm talking the big banks I'm talking like JP Morgan Goldman etc their stocks have been hammered some of them have a lot of exposure to um, lenders and uh, to borrowers in the oil industry and to uh, other things that, that are more globalized. Some of them do not, but uh, as a sector, it's just gone down. Same with many other sectors. So within these sectors, you need to look at, hey, who is really vulnerable? Who was really impacted? Um, and, you know, is this, uh, is this overdue? Uh, sorry, uh, Justified or not justified? That's basically the question with everything, right? When you have a situation where uh, uh, one house in your neighborhood goes on fire, it's, it doesn't mean that the entire neighborhood right now has to have a fire sale on on, uh, um, uh, on all the properties. It's not like all of the property values have gone down because one house had an issue or a problem, right? right. Uh, it's the same thing with the stock market. Uh, there's a tendency to sell a sector, um, and, and say, okay, the banking sector is vulnerable right now. I, I own this and this. I'm going to sell it, etc. Not uh, the case. So th- this is the job of an investor. He needs to go in there, look at reality. And, and by the way, what I do is I, I reverse the process, MC. I look at the company. I figure out the price that the company is worth. Or in other words, I figure out the market cap and divide it by the number of shares and reach a price per share. But it's basically the same calculation as how much is the entire company worth. And because when you buy one share, you're basically buying the entire company. It doesn't matter if you buy one share or the entire company. Uh, You're buying a market cap. You're saying, hey, I'm comfortable paying this much for a share because I think the market cap is undervalued. Um, So I reverse the process. I look at the market cap my calculation of a market cap, then I look at what the markets are saying that the market cap is. And if my calculation uh, offers uh, a, a deep enough margin of safety 
so that I can be wrong and still be okay, then I go in. If, if it's big, then I go in big. I never use leverage, never in my life, and I always keep a 20% uh, buffer for cash, and that has come in handy um, in, in this downturn. So I think diversification is, is number one for any investor, uh, especially younger ones my age, you know, my age being 35, not super young, but people that have 30 or 40 more years of investing to do, the, the worst thing you can have is like a mental catastrophe happening to you where you lost a ton of money on something and, and you're just not synced anymore. So diversification almost alleviates that entire problem if you couple that with position sizing. And we, we talk, if you go to, web, to our website and you look at the top menu, you'll see that there's a button that says special reports. It's, it's packed with these PDF reports that talk about all of these investment principles and everything that, um, that I've compiled over these past 19 years. I'm 35. I've been investing since I was 16. So um, if you couple diversification with position sizing, meaning that uh, you, you allocate only 2% or 3% to each position that you, that you own and you put a stop loss in there, even if you're wrong a lot, of the time, so if you're a rookie and and, and or, or you're a beginner, or your hunches are not that good. You still are able to say, "Oh my God, I've I've been wrong two, three, four, five, six times here, but I've only lost four uh, percent of my portfolio." So it's that is your cure. Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic market and geopolitical risk it's been part of the billion dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors and if you're an accredited investor you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential you can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments for number of solutions at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements now obviously the best cure for all investors is to, um, to buy the biggest conglomerate in the world, which is the S&P 500. It's basically a basket of 500 of the biggest companies on the planet. Whatever they do is uh, the average of the economy. Here's the big problem, though. Uh, and this is shocking, MC. I, I, you have to hear this. So the S&P 500 has returned about 8% a year for the past 100 years. How many calendar years has it ended roughly on that 8% mark? Four years. Four years out of 100 years. Mm -hmm. In other words, the S&P 500 is either put, it's, it's like putting your hands in either scorching hot water or freezing cold water, and you average it out. But it if you're not able, yes, but if you're not able to handle this yep. or this, you're out. Yep. And it, what's amazing is in the greatest bull market in history, so 1982 to 2000, where the S&P 500 returned 13% a year, you, you could have made a fortune, uh, an absolute fortune. People that invested in the best mutual funds, the one that, that gained more than 13%, made about 3% a year. How is that possible? How can you put your money in a fund that makes 16 or 70% a year and make 3%? It's because people went in and out of those mutual funds with all market noise. So they got greedy, they got scared, got giddy, got, got scared, and in the end of it, in the end of 20 years, they barely beat inflation. Insane. And so what I'm telling you is, if you're an investor, you have to be willing 
to mentally put your hands in, in, in these burning water and these freezing water and understand that at the end of the day, in 20 or 30 years, you'll make 8% a year. But it's not going to be a smooth ride at all. There's going to be corrections, bear markets, viruses, wars. Um, the greatest book on all this subject is called Triumph of the, of the Optimists. And it's basically two writers. Uh, all, every billionaire investor that I've heard of has read this book. And it goes through all of the calamity that happened in the 20th century, the bloodiest century of all times, and what happened to the stock market at the same time, uh, and how much wealth was created. So don't confuse the two. Please don't. Um, make sure that you understand how the world uh, truly works. And you ask, what should people do? What should people do? They should look at historical presidents. What has happened in previous occasions that are like this, um, nothing obviously uh, exactly fits a coronavirus, right? Yeah. But you can look at, at, at things that have happened before and understand how it operates. Um, I have yet to see any instance um, of the end of the world. Have you? No, right? The, the world goes on. It will be fine. If China's closed and Turkey manufactures, if Turkey's closed and Vietnam picks up the slack, if anything's a problem, then entrepreneurs will open up centers and in Africa and, and will train Africans to manufacture clothes and cotton and air conditioners and shoes, the world will go on. It, it, it is absolutely in, uh, uh, innovative. There's so much in, ingenuity. If you close your eyes and think about uh, where the world will be, uh, I will just tell you this, because uh, this, this was real. In 1890, and, and after that, I'm done. In 1890, <laughs> in London... They took, do you, do you understand how, the smartest people in the world were the professors in, in Oxford. A professor in Oxford University in 1890 was like the, the Messiah, was like, like the Dalai Lama, knows all. And they asked them to predict how London would look 100 years later in 1990. And they sealed the envelope. So all these professors made their predictions, how London would be in 100 years, and sealed it off and they opened up in 1990. 1890, I, I just want to remind everyone, is 10 years before many, many, many of the greatest innovations of all times have appeared. What they wrote is that London would be inhabitable because of the manure that all of the horses will put on the streets and all of the sanitary problems that we will have in 1990 with all of these horses and overpopulation in London. Could they have imagined that 10 years later, an industrialist that came from nothing named Henry Ford would automate the process of creating an, a, a motorized horse and buggy? Could they have imagined that two people from uh, Kitty Hawk will come up with ways to fly around the world? Could they have imagined that a half-deaf person who didn't finish the sixth grade will uh, invent electricity after 10,000 failed attempts at creating a light bulb? Look, the, the world will go on. Uh, if you have more than five years until your, your retirement, uh, the, the last thing you should worry about is your stock portfolio because um, companies are growing. They're growing like clockwork. Now, if you have a liquidity issue, if you have uh, burning issues with your funds, you should not be invested with them. So I'm not saying uh, this will come back tomorrow. But what I'm telling you is even in the Great Depression, including dividends, Stock 
came back to break even after only seven years. It, it just depends on your time horizon. And if your time horizon is short, then you should really consider um, things away from the markets. Uh, real estate is amazing these days, MC. Uh, you can invest in stuff that's, that you couldn't invest in in 2008. Um, in the newsletter, we talk about uh, ways to put money, and I'm not talking half a million or a million, no, I'm talking twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 into uh, crowdfunding where you own with an investment fund that's, that has a 30 to 40 year track record, you own apartment buildings, complexes of, of offices, your partial share, right? And you get your cash flow uh, on, on an, a relative basis. Hospitals, government offices, uh, uh, self-storage units. Ten years ago, if you wanted to get into real estate, you need to buy a house. Today, you can pick up the phone, you do your due diligence with ten different companies, and you know uh, own own a building that is being rented to CVS or Walgreens. Stuff that's high high quality and very low risk, and outside of the markets. So many things we talk about in the newsletter, and, and I. I uh, um, I do a lot of research and I invest my own money and that's what basically the, the added value of the, of the newsletter. I couple uh, my ability to read uh, about six or seven hours a day of financial reports and research and books, etc. with what I'm doing on my own and we put it together and merge it in the newsletter. Absolutely. Uh, as you mentioned, there's a ton of other stuff to invest in. I think you and I discussed before on the show, um, overfunded life insurance, whole life insurance policy, real estate, and there's many, many other places outside of that and outside of that volatility. Lior, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all of this valuable information with my listeners and my viewers. Uh, if you just want to tell folks again where they can reach out to you and where they can find you. Uh, wealthresearchgroup.com and the virus support is wealthresearchgroup.com forward slash virus. Awesome. presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.